This week's episode of Taste Test Live is brought to you by the great folks at Latin Soul Grill. Who says you can't have the best of both worlds? At Latin Soul Grill, they combine the best Latin cuisine with the comfort of a southern barbecue meal. Locals in Jacksonville, Florida are lining up for this unique flavor fusion from a food truck whose owners are just as passionate about their food as they are about their customers' satisfaction. Just search the web for Latin Soul Grill and let them know Damian Lamar sent you. This week's episode of Taste Test Live is also brought to you in part by our audio sponsor, WJCT 89.9 FM. WJCT is the NPR member public radio station in Jacksonville, Florida. The station has been on air since 1972 and airs NPR news and talk during the week and a mix of news, talk, eclectic music on the weekends. Want to help WJCT? Visit their website today at WJCT.org to find out how you can be a part of community-supported public broadcasting. If you like Taste Test and you want to keep the music digestion sessions going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. But first, let's start the show. Have a taste. You are now in the zone. The zone with Taste Test Live. Hosted by Damien Lamar and Blue Francois. Hey, what's jazzing? Welcome to Taste Test Live. Yes. I'm Damian Lamar, the host of the Urban Mix radio show, Taste Test, on WJCT 89.9, Northeast Florida's NPR station. Taste Test is a one-hour music program that airs weekly on Saturdays and Tuesday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 Pacific. This year, the programming focus for me is redefining urban radio. I'm very glad to be back again for another great week of music industry updates, music news, and laughs. And joining me in Studio 2 is my Taste Test co-hosts, Blue Francois and MJ Baker. Welcome. Yes. Blue, can you take a quick moment and uh, tell our first-time listeners what the Taste Test Live podcast is all about? On our podcast, we provide our listeners with insightful music digestion sessions, what's happening in the music and entertainment industry each week, also, on Taste Test Live, we feature artist interviews, awesome backstories, and we might even get an exclusive song from one of our guests. Yeah, I love that. That's right. Our goal is to keep our podcast subscribers happy by offering new and fresh content. If you have an album or a single coming out and you want to promote your music or your book or your artwork or share a great story about your career in the music industry, drop us a line. You can do that by heading over to our website at tastetest.live. Head over to our contact page and you just might have a chance to be a guest on the show. Yep, that's true. Mm. It is time to have a taste. Have a taste. We're going to talk about the taste of the week. Yes. So MJ, Mm -hmm. Saturday night. Yes. 11 o'clock. Yes. What do we ride out to? Um, So my ride out was BJ the Kid. Yeah. DJ the Chicago kid. Oh yeah. That turning me up. Yes. <laughs> I want to meet this guy. <laughs> right? Sounds like he'd be fun, right? I know. Yeah. And I just like the funk of the song and the 
to me it was just a, a great blend of funk like it reminded me of some earth wind and fire with a little bit of you know d'angelo you know i mean yeah. that's just my opinion i just loved it yeah his in my mind album um which the track turning me up is on is solid mm -hmm. solid it's solid yeah. Um, any other highlights for, that stood out to you? Listen, I okay. So the Drake don't matter, mm -hmm. you know, mixed with Michael Jackson. Okay, so what got me was the end of the song where it's like Michael Jack. He he a lot like he lets the Michael Jackson track ride out with some of Michael's you know ad libs and his you know movements, and it just reminded me of how great of a singer he was. Yeah. And what he could do mm -hmm. and so um that was just one of my favorites and then of course homage to the indiary yeah mm -hmm. yeah i was hoping you would save that yes. later we go oh, let me, okay. let's come back to oh, that we're gonna come back. let's come okay, back to okay, that okay, okay. for me um so so most people don't know this i usually try to sh title my shows this week's show is called cherry pineapple lucky charms <laughs> loved it because it was quite fruity yes um i started off with snitches brew mm. and i played that because last week you mentioned that you love kamal williams oh, yeah 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 so snitches brew right that was a great opener yeah like i loved it because when like when i again i'm not looking at it like like looking at the playlist as i'm listening to it and when i heard it i go <laughs> literally i snatched my head nobody can see me but you guys like yeah. that quick turn like yep who is that that's kamal williams and hey, mansur brown on guitar yes. yeah so they're doing great things over at black focus records over in london I'm, i would love to have an opportunity to meet them um if they're listening if you're listening to the podcast please by all means reach out we would love to have you on hey kamal um Two other standouts before we talk about India Ari, which mm -hmm. will lead us directly into our next segment, Put This In Your Mouth. Right. Um, before we talk about that, the taste of the week goes to, drum roll, <laughs> Lucky Day featuring Victoria Monet with Little More Time. <gasps> that was one of my yeah. songs too. Yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. That song did it for me this week. Um, yes. It's funny because I heard that song on Insecure, an episode of Insecure season yeah. three on HBO, mm -hmm. um, which I'm excited about the return of too, by the way. Yeah. But um, that I was really glad to play that song. Yeah. And um, and then I really wanted to do what David Luckin does at the station when he does Turntable Tuesdays, and he'll play the entire record. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. he does. He'll pop pop it. You know, he advertises it well in advance, so you know what he's going to play. Right. I wanted to do that with Indy Ari's new album called Worthy. Oh, wow. That yeah. album is so good. MJ, yeah. please. I mean, come on now. I have, you know what? Here's the thing. I feel like Indy Ari is like my musical mother. You Are you know? sure she's not your spirit animal? Last week you were talking about Diana Ross. I know but. she is. It's like, and it's, it's, I have to ingest her music very slowly. Like, I listen to it repeated repeatedly mm -hmm. like Same. and um you know i just think i love her blend of she gets political but then she still gives you that color to not make it seem like she's preaching right right and it's the beauty of 
you know, it's just like an artist, a visual artist that can take metal and turn it into something, a sculpture. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing, something so rough, so stiff, things that we are just so tight about right now. And she can take it and make it such a beautiful picture. Yeah. And um, I love the artistry of this album. I love her maturity. She grows yes. with every album. album. Everyone. She's so relevant with every album. It's like, oh my God, you're speaking to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? in the, in the, it's very spiritual too. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. I mean, my favorite song is Hour of Love. Mm. And just, just like literally having a setting out time yeah. to love on yourself, love yes. on your family, love mm. on the, your partner just setting out that hour right and then in the evening receiving all the wonderful benefits that you've done from literally sowing those seeds of love all day right beautiful well and you know what i dig about her is she doesn't rush her rush her processes Mm -hmm. because what the last album is what like maybe two three years old yeah and before that it was like maybe three or four years, you know. So she does not just pop them out. Mm-hmm. She really does kind of take some time. And that's what I love is she takes some time. Yeah. And really writes her experiences and puts it all together in music. So, so yeah, yeah I, I had a, I'm glad I was able to play her single, um, which is a new single that she dropped at the same time she dropped the album. But she wanted to drop this as a single. It's called What If. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to that song. Yes. It's what if all these greats did not, were not so great. Right. What if, you know, Martin Luther King didn't speak or didn't have a dream? What if, uh, you know, a lot of people, what if right. they didn't do what they did? Where would we be? Right. Yeah. You know. That was very inspiring for me because, you know, I feel like, you know, not to get too deep in the segment, but, you know, really accepting my purpose, accepting who I am as a person and so to realize that there are people waiting for me to blossom Mm -hmm. so that I can share that man that's good share it with them and to share the message that I have been giving you know to the world and so this song made me think hey I'm on the right track thank you thank you lord thank you creator I'm on the right track what if I say no you know, yeah. who would have to wait another generation? That's so, good stuff. Yeah. I, I love your revelations. <laughs> They're it's good. So the, the epiphanies are like ceremonious. <laughs> it's beautiful. So you know what else I'm excited about today? Because we not only have one guest, but we actually have two guests. Our first guest is Latina motivational coach and entrepreneur, Carliana Harris. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. I'm glad you're here. (laughs) We got a lot to talk about. But first, I want to take an opportunity to read your bio to our guest. Um, Carliana was born in Puerto Rico and spent most of her time in a small town of Jessup. She now resides in Jacksonville and is the sideline reporter for the Jacksonville Spanish Broadcast. She's a reporter for a show called Se Habla Español in Jax and the owner of an online boutique called Azúcar, which stands for sugar. Galeana is the one of the founders of the Fairy Godmother Project, an initiative to help low-income high school girls obtain a prom dress. She enjoys quality time with her family and friends, 
do-it-yourself projects, traveling, drinking wine like all of us, <laughs> eating chocolate. And she also enjoys stories, jokes, journeys, adventures, and antics from the people she meets. Welcome again to Taste Test Live. I'm so excited. I feel so, like this is long overdue. I met you a long time ago. Yes, it, it, it was a long time ago. It was. And um, I, it's funny, like when we first met, we met at a mutual friend's house and I have to say it was two years in a row. Yes. You were you and your husband were sitting in the same exact spot Isn't in this crazy, crazy house party. Uh, yes. And we seem to like fall into this vortex of like amazing conversation. That's right. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so l tell me a little bit about what's going on in your world. Well, my world is definitely crazy, but it's a good crazy, mm -hmm. I, I would say. Um, I am busy with my kids. I do have two kids, along with all the things that you said about me in the bio. I am a mom first mm -hmm. and a wife, and that keeps me busy in itself. Yeah. Um, aside for that, from that, I love to help my community, uh, specifically my Hispanic community, because we are growing community here in Jacksonville yes. and I love to help out the community. So I am doing, like you say, the fairy godmother project, which that takes a lot of my time. Um, like you said, we help out low income girls obtain a prom dress. As many people know, prom dresses are extremely expensive. Yeah, yeah. I know this from experience. Um, I went to two proms and it was hard for my mom to, you know, buy a prom dress. So my prom dress came from a thrift store cost 10 bucks beautiful dress she made it beautiful that's right and you know <laughs> we made it work uh -huh. and i went to prom thanks to that because you know we found something that that was affordable and i wanted to give back to the community in that aspect i do this project along with one of my um, good friends yanitza it's her name and we came together and we're like let's let's help out the community in this way because she too she's a teacher and she saw how girls in her school would go crazy like oh i'm not going to be able to go to prom i don't yeah. have a dress my mom can't afford it so we got together and started that initiative um so that's coming up now uh, march 17th we're going to have our big um uh, uh, events where we're going to give out the prom dresses and we also give out makeup and limousine wow. rides and yeah. photographs and all that good stuff so they get the whole package okay. so I'm busy with that right now I can tell I mean that's, <laughs> that's, that's literally less than a month away it is from so, this broadcast yes yes so. yes so we're working hard on that. And How long has um, has uh, Fairy Godmother Project been around? So this is going to be our second year. Okay. Our second year. We were, last year, it was huge. Um, we actually had a small hotel room mm -hmm. um, that we had rented to have it at. And I mean, it was packed. Like literally, we were on the news. We were on wow. news, uh, action news. Uh, they did a report on us and everybody, I still get calls from that, from last year's uh, interview that we had on the news. And they're like, oh, do you need dresses? Wow. Do you need somebody to do makeup? So, That's really awesome. So we've been blessed with that, that yeah. people, the community has definitely stepped up and, and showed us love. I was going to ask you if there was a success story, but that's a success story that is by a itself. Success story. It's yeah. great. I, I love so that. So there was obviously a need that you felt that meant because of your own experience that Correct. you needed to address. Exactly. And, and you, you do that now. Exactly. Do you, um, um, I, I obviously, like, I think most, most people have quinceaneras. Quinceaneras, yeah. yeah. Um, around the same time, have you ever done a quinceanera prom party? That's funny that you say that because <laughs> we are about to partner up with another um, company that mm -hmm. wants to do quinceañera. So now we're going to be picking maybe two, three girls that 
are wanting to have a quinceañera can afford it because those two, yeah. especially, especially in our culture, they're very expensive. Yes. So we are going to partner with them and we are going to start that. So that's funny. That is that. awesome. I guess I must have picked it up somehow. <laughs> you got it, just, it. I thought, you know, having a prom dress, when you think prom, you think the specialness. Of, that's right. You know, there's that special rite of passage. Exactly. And just like a quinceañera mm-hmm. in, in the Hispanic community. Same thing. Yep. So, so that's, that's pretty that. cool. So um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about azúcar. So azúcar, sugar. Um, um, so it started just out of the love of me doing crafts. I love to just do things. Um, mm-hmm. And one day I wanted a specific shirt and that's a Latina. And I went online and I was looking everywhere and I couldn't find the shirt, not the way that I wanted it. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. And mm-hmm. I did it the way that I wanted Wore it to many different things. And people started asking like, oh, where'd you get your shirt? What is this? Oh, yeah. I want one. It's like, I made them. Can you make me one? You know, that's how yeah. it started. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I got an idea. I'm going to start selling these shirts. Yeah. So um, it started from, from there. And then because I love Latina women, I wanted to do inspirational messages to motivate mm-hmm. them. Um, and in our language, because we always see shirts um grocery store somebody with a shirt regular shirt that says something mom wife boss you know something like that in english but you don't see it in my language and something as simple as a shirt with a message like that it inspires people believe it or not i know that i was inspired once by a shirt that someone wore and i was like like it reminded me of my childhood and i was like ah smiled and i was like oh wow it took me back to that memory. So yeah. if I if it did that to me, I wanted to do that to other people as well. Yeah. So that's um that's where all that it's started. Beautiful. Thank beautiful. You. It's I like how you uh it's almost like you take an a, an open door. Yes. Um, or an area of improvement mm-hmm. and you find ways to refine that. That's it. Very admirable. Yeah, yeah thank you. And true. I also use I feel like parts of my life as well because of all the things that I that I've been through, for example, the the prom thing, it was because of something that I went through. The azúcar, it was because I wanted, you know, like little things like that. I I want to um, share with the community. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. So um, what outside of this event coming up in March? What's next for you? Well, I um. I started another project with another friend of mine and another Latina, Kateria, and we are doing empower, empowering events for Latinas um, as far as like uh, chats. And now we're doing a dinner, an empowering dinner mm-hmm. where we're going to get all the Latinas together um, that own their own businesses so that they can get to know one another Mm -hmm. and to network because um, we are growing and there's a lot of us out there and they don't even know that they're there. I actually had an expo. I did a a Latina women's expo last month and some of them got to mingle and, and get to know each other and they, we got great results from that. Wow. Really great results. Do you do anything with the Latina moms? There's a meetup. There, well, there is a group on Facebook, a Latina moms group. So Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, um, step on their toes Mm -hmm. um so they got that aspect of it but i do in my plans i I do want to do something with the moms maybe a chat or um some kind of conference um but Mm -hmm. i just don't want to step on their toes because i I can help you with that i know someone that's actively part of that group and they're always looking to collaborate with perfect that would be great then we can make that happen yeah make an introduction for you thank you 
You're welcome. Look at you. Yeah, making yeah, yeah, connections. Yeah. I have to do that. <laughs> I, love I love it. it. That's I what mean, we're here see? for. Exactly. Yeah. You get it. Yep. That's yep. why you're here. That's, That's why right. you're sitting hey. in that seat. So high five. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we're giving high fives back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um um I'm very very excited about something is. I admire your tenacity. I know that you're from Jessup. Yes. And most people don't know Jessup. Jessup is a very small country. Hick town. Hick town in Georgia. <laughs> yes. I can hear a little bit of the twang coming yeah, through. in your, in your But I also out. hear the Latino accent, which is very <laughs> odd. I've never heard that it's before. It's crazy. It's crazy because when I moved to Jessup, it was straight from Puerto Rico. I was eight years old. I didn't know any English. So the English that I learned was the, you know, the Southern little, English. So yeah. I had that little twang for like ever. It wasn't until I moved away that yeah. I, I kind of pick something else up but mm -hmm. but it, it comes out still i'm a southern little, i'm a southern southern girl girl yeah. <laughs> at heart yeah southern chica that's <laughs> that's right that's all right so you came from jessup how long have you been living in jacksonville so in jacksonville i've been here for about six years okay mm -hmm. and how has that been what's that experience been like for you it's been great you know my husband he was military and so we've lived in different states different places and jacksonville has been the place that felt just feels like home to me mm -hmm. like the people just are so warm and they just welcome me with open arms I never knew that what I'm doing now is what I was going to be doing um but it was like I don't know it's like the path just was set yeah and it brought me here and I love it I don't want to move <laughs> you, you don't have to <laughs> You don't have to. I don't want to. We I want you to it. stay here. We oh, like yeah. people like you here. Yes. Yeah. And like you. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. We're <laughs> part of the mutual admiration society. That's so right. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so so since you've been here, I know you've done some work with the uh, part of your bio is that you were actually a reporter yes. with the Jacksonville Spanish broadcast. Yes. Tell me about that. I well, mean, that's exciting. Um, yeah. That's one of the funnest jobs that I have, I think, of all the many that I have. Um, so I'm working with the Jaguars. I'm their sideline reporter. This is the, fir the first year that they've done anything like this, that they've teamed up um, with a company called Tico Sports, and they transmit the, the games via radio in Spanish. So um, it's fun. I get to be on the field. And, wow. you know, I used to not, I, I mean, I like football. But I was a cheerleader back in the day. And, you know, I kind of learned the ropes of uh, football back then. But now I'm really, really getting it. And yeah. I, mean, I have to. Um, so I'm really getting it. And the more I learn, it's like I get more excited about it. So now, like, I'm mad at them if they, you know, they're losing. And yeah. I'm I'm over here, like, throwing things. I know. No. no. <laughs> but, in Spanish. but in Spanish. But in Spanish. No, I see no. <laughs> so and I, I I love it. I work with an amazing, amazing team. I'm the only girl there and they all love me like I'm their sister and they they teach me things. And I am so honored to to work with them. And then I also work for another social media um I don't know if you will call it broadcast because we're in social on social media, but it's called Se Habla Español in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. which uh, translates to we speak Spanish here in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And I just report on things that are going on in the community, in the Hispanic community, also in the American community. I do a lot of the translating. So I'll interview someone in English and then we'll put the subtitles down in Spanish because, I mean, we're growing and people... The Hispanic people here, they just don't know that there's so much here in Jacksonville. Like yeah. the lack of information is crazy. And 
I just love that I can give them that information. I love it. That's what I think that's what one of my purposes here in Jacksonville is to give that information, to let them know, hey, listen, you're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. There's people, there's organizations, there's whatever out here in Jacksonville that can help you out. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You so. So when do you sleep? I know, right? I barely do because you know why my mind runs like a thousand miles per minute and like I'm in bed and I'm like thinking of all these ideas and I'll get up and I'll write them, get on my phone and just write ideas. It's four in the morning, like, texting my friends like, hey girl, you got, let's do this um, next month, okay? And they're like, and they're awake too because they're just like thinking. me. <laughs> and yeah, and then that's how it goes. So That's awesome. Busy. Yeah, that busy's good. Busy it keeps you out good. of trouble. That's right. Keeps you out of trouble. That's right. So talk about your kids. Sure. So, um, so I have Josiah, my oldest. He's almost 10 years old and he reminds me of that all the time because he thinks he's going to be an adult at 10. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, her name's Captain and she is two and she acts just like her name. Like she is the captain. She's the captain. So yeah. she's the boss. She really is. She bosses me, her daddy and her brother okay. and everybody else who's around. So yeah, <laughs> they're, they're busy bodies. Keep me so busy. Um, and I love them so much. <laughs> I can tell. I don't know. I'm, I'm still baffled. I mean, and I, I don't even have any kids, but mm-hmm. I'm baffled when I see people with the many hats that you wear. That's right. And married. Yeah. And children. And children. How do you balance that all? Like, can, what, what do you do? Like, is there something in the coquito that you're doing? <laughs> for the I mean, oh, man, coquito. You just took me back. Yeah. I want some now. I'm going to have to make some. Uh-huh. Um, you know what? You just have to have a good foundation. It all starts with a good foundation. Having an understanding with your partner, with your husband, you know, this is what I do. This is what I love. You know, either you're going to support that or we're going to have to work on something. And he's always been super supportive because he's just like me. Honestly, he's he loves to help out and he's always in the community. So it all starts with that foundation. Um, And then, you know, just your passion and 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 understanding for what it is that you really are getting into. Mm -hmm. If you understand that, then you can, you can balance. Some people say, no, there's no way that you can do everything. There's, you're going to be bad at something out of those 10 things. You're going to be bad at five. I mean, I don't think so. You have to have good time management and, and be in tune with yourself and with your family, your family's first. That's out of the question. You know, I will be with my family instead of whatever else I have going on. But I think that good teamwork, um, if you're in a relationship, good teamwork, good parenting and just love and and time management and you could do it all in God, you know. You make you it so easy. Faith. You make it look so easy. <laughs> well, you know, there's some times where you do get overwhelmed. You know, there's times where I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Like I took something else on. Like, when am I going to like you say, when am I going to sleep? Even yeah. though I don't sleep. But but yeah, so but you know what? I think that my passion, it just shows and, and when you're humble and you you love what you do, people gravitate towards you and they want to help you because yeah, I don't do it all myself. I have other people too that help me. So right. I, if I know that, hey, today I can't do this, you know. But so. recognizing that you need to you need the help. Exactly. Need, yeah. Absolutely. Can't do it all by yourself. Yeah. You go nuts. Yeah, well crazy house this is true <laughs> I, I know that full well uh, I yeah know that full well you know i'm going to share this one last quote that this is a beautiful quote um by you mm-hmm. and it, it i feel like it has encapsulated the last 15 minutes um okay. in such a perfect way you said i want to empower and inspire latina women i want them to understand that we are all filled with ultimate unlimited possibility 
Regardless of age and social class, if your heart desires it, go for it. Nothing can stop you but you. That's right. Those are powerful words. Yes. And uh, coming from a very powerful figure, I admire what you're doing in the Hispanic community. I want you to continue. Let me know how I can help. Sure. Um, And I hope that all of the listeners, that anybody that's listening, take out a quick moment. And if you will, take every take a moment and tell everyone where they can find you online. And sure. So you guys can just um, follow me on Facebook or Instagram. It's just my name, Carliana Harris. And once you go to that page, you'll see all of my businesses. I have um, uh, links to my business and to my uh, where I do my reporting. So if you're interested in that, so Carliana Harris and I'll spell my name because I know it's hard. C-A-R-L-I-A-N-A Harris. And, you know, uh, it's not I do help out Latina women, but I want everybody to be involved because I want the American, you know, viewers and listeners to also get to know us, Mm -hmm. you know, get to know us and see what we're all about. So just because I say Latina women doesn't mean like "Uh, she ain't working with nobody else. No, 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 no. We want you. (laughs) We want you to come and see what we're all about and, and what we have to offer, because it's definitely a lot. Yes. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for stopping by Taste Test Live. This has been great. I know. Thank you so much for allowing me to come. Oh, my pleasure. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back with a new guest, Darren Ronan. Stay tuned. That was a great interview with Kaliana Harris. Welcome back to Taste Test Live. I'm Damian Lamar. And in the studio with us here is Darren Ronan. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you here. I've been waiting. I think we made this appointment a long, long time ago. Just a, just a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. A wee bit. And you've been anxiously waiting to come on the show. I have, actually. As we've yes. been anxiously waiting to have you. Absolutely. So, yeah. So really happy to have you. I'm going to take a quick moment and read your bio for those individuals out in the podcast land who don't know who you are. Darren Ronan is a professional musician who's been teaching at Grace Episcopal Day School since 2008. He graduated from University of North Florida with a Bachelor's of Arts in Music in 2002, served as band director at St. John's Country Day School, and founded Ronan School of Music in 2010. While at UNF, he was fortunate enough to study percussion with Charlotte Mabry and drum set with Rich Kirkland and has also toured the southern and eastern United States playing a variety of musical sets and opening shows and sharing stages with the likes of Booker T, Diane Schur, Linda Pearl, Evan Bishop, Dwight Yoakam, and so many more. And he currently performs as a solo acoustic act and also with his rock belly band called the 77Ds. Um, there's an original original music album that was released in 2009 called The Good Things. Can you tell us about that, Darren? Oh, sure. That was um, what a great experience. Um, put that out in 2009. It's a bunch of original music sort of evolved over, I don't know, probably 18 months. It, it's always fun because I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a really good list of um, good musicians who are close friends. And so I thought I knew what I was going to record. I had the songs. And then we got in there and we started playing and everything sort of just evolved in a direction. So that album, um, the listener who doesn't know anything, of course, is going to have their experience listening to it. Hopefully good. Who knows? But um, when every time I hear it, I hear the evolution of what happened and, and the moments and the time in the studio with the friends. So mm-hmm. hopefully people that don't know me or, you know, don't have any of that background like the album. But for me, when I listen to it, I just feel the 
the energy and the positive time I had with the friends that we got to make it. So good things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good yeah. things. So um, you started out in uh, in Jacksonville. Did you grow up here? Been here since I was, uh, I think, four years old. Yeah. Yeah. And um, was music part of your household? Absolutely. Yeah. My father was a country and Western singer in the 50s. He used to ride in and do grocery store openings and store openings on his horse called Lucky Charm. He'd come in standing up with his pistols, shooting it off. And then he would jump off the horse and sing a few songs. And he was in Ocala, Florida, and there was a radio station there, WHOO, and they had a house band called the Hoot Owls. There was a Sunday night radio show, and he was Lee Ronan, and the house band was the Hoot Owls, so it was Lee Ronan and the Hoot Owls. He'd get on there and sing a few songs. So he was a little bit of a local celebrity down there in Ocala. Yeah. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree then. Not at all. Yeah. All right. So um, you did you play more than one instrument growing up? I got my first instrument when I was a uh, Gosh, I guess about 10 years old, I was uh, I got a hand-me-down guitar from my older brother. And then when I was 14, my mother bought me my first drum set. And um, I always like to talk about the, uh, the vintage word. Vintage is a new word. When I got the drum set, it was just old, junky drums that no one wanted. And um, it was an old drum set from 1965, a Ludwig, the same finish as Ringo Starr. So I was pretty excited about that because oh, wow. I'm a big Beatles fan. Mm -hmm. And uh, it turned out it was from the second series of that finish. So that drum set today, just the snare drum is worth, eh, it's hard to say, fourteen, sixteen hundred dollars $1,600. She paid $100 for the whole drum set, including cymbals. Wow. So, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, it's fun. And I still have it. Still have it to this day, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite instrument? I know you're a multi-instrumentalist. I mean, is there something specifically that you like to play? Uh, not really. I, um, I sort of just, I, I feel very fortunate that I get to play music at all. That's really, whatever I'm doing, that's where I'm happiest. Um, there's really nothing I'd rather be doing. My whole entire life is, is playing music and teaching music. And I get to do it all right here in Jacksonville. I get to stay with my wife and don't have to go away and leave her. I don't have to leave my students. Um, so I feel very fortunate that I get to do all that right here. So is there one instrument that I love playing? I don't think so. I think I, I get a kick out of it all. So Are you better at one more than the other? Uh, probably drum set drum is set. drum yeah. set is yeah absolutely so you're a true mm -hmm. percussionist i think so are yeah. you the guy that keeps the whole band in the pocket no nah, if you if i have to keep you in the pocket i don't need to play with Ooh, you <laughs> yeah that's just a joke that's a joke you heard it yeah. here first ladies and gentlemen <laughs> wow <laughs> so, uh, i read in your bio that you actually started your own um school of music in um in 2010 um, sure. Can you tell me about Ronan School of Music? Absolutely. Yeah, it's probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. We're right outside the shops of Avondale. We uh, we started it sort of on a on a lark almost. Um, I had been in Orange Park working at Nice Music for about twenty years, and I wanted to be in the Riverside area. And uh, my wife had a photo studio, and she was thinking about letting it go. And uh, the the, uh, the rent was cheap, so I said, "Well, let's start a music school." And I took pretty much everything I had in the bank and just bootstrapped the whole, the whole entire thing. We built six studios. Um, we got some teachers, friends. I was very fortunate to have good friends who were willing to do it. And, um, and it's just sort of taken off from there. We've been able to buy the building that we're in. We now have a space in the back. That's a good rehearsal space where we've had to be able to hold lots of community shows. Um, Robert Arley White just did a cool show back there. Um, We've had lots of touring acts. We had the bass player from Guns N' Roses did an acoustic show back there. Whoa, um, nice. Wow. So it's just sort of grown and taken off, and the community is, has supported us in so many ways. I can't even say thank you enough different ways mm -hmm. and often enough. Yeah. 
So that did it nice your 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 tenure at Nice Music did it have anything to do with you starting a music school? It had everything to do with everything. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> everything. Yeah, Nice Music had been around for sixty years, I think it was closed in January of either fifteen or sixteen. I can't remember. Um, but all of the experiences and all of the things I learned helping to manage and run that place go into play every single day. Um, all the things, good and bad, because not everything that happened at Nice Music was the right way to do things sure so lots and lots of lessons have gone into helping me kind of keep that ronan school of music alive mm -hmm. absolutely do you have recall any favorite jam sessions during your time there at nice um i don't know that i'd call it a jam session but uh the legendary guitar player hank garland who played with elvis and the everly brothers and roy orbison and patsy klein and so many others um he lived in orange park uh eventually passed away in orange park he came in one time and um a few of us got to sort of sit around and listen to him play and kind of tap on and play, tap on the counter and play a few little licks with him. So that was a, that was a very special time. Yeah. That's, that's huge. You got to play with actually legend. I mean, did you learn anything from him? You pick up any of his style? Uh, well, unfortunately he was, you know, he'd been incapacitated and wasn't at his full strength. So, mm -hmm. um, but every so often you'd hear those licks come through and you know, you'd go, Oh, that's, that's a signature that, lick. Yeah. That's Hank right there. You know? Yeah. So, but um, it was just, it was just, uh, you know, incredibly fortunate just to get to be around him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, from your other, uh, you shared the stage with, you know, the likes of the Fly Right Boys, mm -hmm. Sandy, a big Sandy, Junior Brown, Elvis Bishop, Diane Schur. Like mm -hmm. any of those performers stand out? Like some of the performances you have? Any cool stories you want to share with us? Um, I don't know about cool stories. Randy Weston is a he just actually just passed away. He's a great, great jazz pianist. Um, we got to play at the Ritz Theater downtown. We got to open for him. And um, he had a bass player, and um, I, f I feel bad because I can't remember the man's name. Maybe the best bass player I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, the man played an upright bass like it was a ukulele. I mean, he just had full command and full control of it. He he might be the, the most powerful musician I've ever gotten to stand next to. Um, and... Shamefully, I can't remember his name, <laughs> but I will tell you that that yeah. one, that one definitely stands out. Um, Sil Johnson is on that list. Sil Johnson. Are you familiar with him at all? I'm not. No. He's an R&B legend. Um, came through the sixties. should be, huh? You should. Yeah. yeah. He's, um, he came through the sixties. He's still alive. He's in his eighties. He lives in Chicago for a long time. He had a standing Tuesday night gig at a bar in Chicago. Um, he came to the Ritz theater and he doesn't travel with a band wherever he goes. He gets a band and so I'm friends with the promoter and so he asked me to put together a band and we put together a, I think it was a nine piece band with horns and backup singers and we got to learn all his songs and play with him and um, unfortunately you know he's in his 80s so he's not at the full strength of his powers but mm -hmm. but that was still a very very cool experience getting to play the songs with the man who wrote them yeah. and mm -hmm. made them famous yeah listening to your music uh, what what genre of music do you identify with I get asked that a lot. Um, I just sort of use the broad stamp of Americana because uh, some of the stuff that I write mm -hmm. is has a country bent, of course. Uh -huh. uh, some of it has a folk bent, and some of the other stuff I wrote is just right. It's just straight up rock and roll. Do people so, compare you to like other art, uh, other I mean, you know other artists that's out that been out for a while? Because um, I heard a little Johnny Cash. Yeah, I definitely get I definitely get the Johnny Cash <laughs> thing, and, I, and you know what? And I and I appreciate that. I'll take it. Johnny's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, one of the tracks that I sent you guys. I was, um, I had been listening to some Lyle Lovett all day in the house and, um, mm -hmm. and I had, I had just done that mix and 
I wanted my wife to hear it sort of without bias. And um, yeah. so I'd been listening to a lot of love it all day in the house. And so I just threw that into the mix, you know, the, the playlist. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I said, hey, tell me what you think of this song. And she listened to it. The song came on and she goes, it sounds like a lot of love it. And then eventually my singing kicked in and I went, boom, there you go. Wow. And uh, so I'll take that. If, you know, yeah. if, if she can't really hear or feel that difference, yeah. you know. So um, you can, you can kind of channel these guys. Uh, well, I try to a little bit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I would never compare myself to any of these people, but, um, but these are the people I would call influences. I mm -hmm. suppose I mm -hmm. respect their songwriting and mm. of course they all have the best musicians in the world with them. So, you know, that's, that's what I'm shooting for anyway. Do you <laughs> do yourself, do you, um, do any songwriting at all? Yeah. These songs that I sent you, these are all original songs. They're original. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you've yeah. written. All, I wrote them all. Yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I wrote the songs, I wrote the lyrics, I wrote the melodies, the chord progressions, but when you listen to the recordings, the parts that are played, um, I might have suggested mm -hmm. suggested what to do to the people who are playing with me, but they write their parts. I don't, gotcha. you know, I'm mm -hmm. trying to dictate that. Makes that. Sense. Yeah. So. so what song do you want us to play first? We can uh, check out. I, uh, there's one called uh, I Want to Sing With You. Okay. Um, I really enjoy that one. It's kind of a, my wife told me one time, she said, can't you ever write a happy song? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Because a lot of my songs tend to be a little darker. <laughs> That's why I said Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I said, all righty, I'll try to do that. So now I was trying to pay attention to that. Try to keep a balance. You get a dark one, you get a happy one. You know? right. So Yeah. So we'll check out a little snippet of I Want to Sing With You right here on Taste Test Live. Singer sang us a song. He wrote about the love of his life. Told us how he'd sing to her And oh, she'd be his wife Made me think about us And what I want you to do I don't want you to sit and listen I want to sing with you I want to sing with you Every night Alright, so we heard I want to sing with you right here on Taste Test Live. Thanks, Darren. What was the inspiration behind that song? Uh, you want the true story or you want the professional story? Oh, uh, you, you, you pick. I well, think. you know. Give me the true story. Well, in songwriting, you know, you don't always want to make things obvious and give everything to the listener, right? So it sounds like a happy song and it's a pretty obvious thing. I want to sing with you. I mean, what could you do that would be sweeter with your partner than, you know, sing, sing together, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I was actually trying to write a song about sex. And sing is just really a euphemism for, oh, you know. Yeah. Let's go there. You know, that's that's mm -hmm. really what it's about. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, if you listen to the chorus, it says, you know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to sing with you. Yeah. So. I love it. Know, I like it. That's that, it. You kept it really PG-13. I that's did. That's great. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, did you get your wish? Well, <laughs> I don't kiss and tell. <laughs> good answer, good answer, good answer. <laughs> I had to ask. Sometimes I like to push the envelope a little yeah, bit. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, you also brought another song. I'd like to play a little snippet of that as well. Can you set that one up for us? Sure. This is, um, I'm very, very proud of this song. This song's gotten great response everywhere I've played it. It um, This song talks about sort of how... Um, it's an environment song. I, I grew up in Jacksonville and Riverside, Avondale area is the area that I, I treasure and I, I call home. And it's really about that area. Um, so many historic homes. So when you ride around the, the appearance, um, in the neighborhoods hasn't changed a lot. They're a mm -hmm. hundred, hundred plus year old 
homes in the neighborhood. Um, but what goes on inside those homes is far different yeah. than what went on a hundred years ago. And that's kind of what the song is about. Oh, it's called great. here. It feels the same, but it's really about how things have changed and things aren't really the same, but even though they might look and feel that way. Okay. Let's check it out. Thank you. Especially because of the meaning behind it. Um, I mean, when you set it up and you, you, it almost is very picturesque for me. When you hear it, you, you automatically think of riding down the road, looking at the houses and looking at the neighborhood. You go, oh, yeah, I appreciate that. I love uh, Americana songs or country songs because they tell great stories. I think um, country artists have a way of actually capturing um, that three minutes, four minutes, or however long the song it is and taking you on a journey. Um, a visual journey through music and it's it's so captivating that you've done that and that's all so man i appreciate that that's yeah. great and i that's that's a great compliment i appreciate hey, it you're, you're welcome you're welcome so um what's next for you um with the with the band with the album what's coming up um well that album is in progress so so 2009 where are we 2019 yeah yeah i'm gonna put one album out every 10 years you know i don't <laughs> like to work too fast you like Charday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> So yeah, so I'm in the process of, um, we've got about a half a dozen songs recorded, um, all sort of in that Americana vein, but some, like I said, some a little more rock and roll. I'm going to try to get that album out before this year is up. Um, Got a pretty good head start on that. Uh, The 77Ds, which is a rockabilly band, um, which is a separate project from the stuff we've just heard. Um, We've got a fun gig coming up. We're playing, we're looking forward to it. It's a long way away, but it's October. Uh, The Florida Theater does that Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to be the band opening for the Rocky Horror cool. Picture Show. Yeah. We were we were actually the band the very first year they did that. And uh, the, it's a rockabilly band, so all the feels are sort of swinging, mm-hmm. dance-type music. And it was one of the best experiences ever. We were playing, and we looked up at one point about 15 minutes into the set. And, you know, the Rocky Horror thing is fun. Everyone dresses up in their lingerie and their mm-hmm. fishnets. We looked up at about 15, 20 minutes into the set and people were rushing the stage and people were swing dancing on the stage for the entirety of our set. It was just nice. What a blast. It was such a cool experience. Um, That's when you, when that's when the venue has done the right thing of pairing the right music and the right band with the, the activity that's going to happen there. Yeah, it was, it was just such a great experience. So we're looking forward to playing that again in October. It's been several years since we did that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, we're we're actually looking to. I have a handful of original songs I've written for that group, so we're uh, we're looking to try to put some music out with that group, shoot some videos and stuff. So we got some things in the work for that too. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So um, take a last few minutes, and if you wouldn't tell all of our listeners how they can find you online and um, how they can plug you in any hashtags you got that you created. 
Sure, I kind of keep it all in one place. If you're looking uh, for Darren Ronan in music, it's uh, you just go to Facebook and you type in Darren Ronan music. Kind of keeping it, keeping it simple. Um, we also have the music school. It's called Ronan School of Music. Always looking for new students there. Um, if you've got children and they're looking for music experience, performing experience, lesson experience, um, we'd like to help you with that. So keeping it easy. Keep it easy. I like it. I like it. Any final words for us? Uh, I just want to thank you for having me. I really oh, appreciate my it. My goodness. This has been great. I love a good storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank well, you. Thank trying you to be for, one. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to Darren Ronan for coming to Taste Test Live and joining Blue and I in the studio. And we hope to have you back very, very soon. Man, I look forward to it. Thank you. All right. Taste Test Live. I'm Damien Lamar, your host, and we have Blue Francois and our lovely MJ Baker. Mm. Blue, yeah. it's time. I know. For put this in your mouth. Finally. All right. There's been a lot going on. A lot going on. Um, you care to give us the rundown? Where you want to start at? Because it's so much. Start at the beginning. Do we wait? Do we want to go negative or positive? Wait. I don't think. Do we have anything positive? <laughs> yeah, we got something positive. <laughs> I, I I have something I want to put in. I, if even if you have something negative, I want to in, interject some positivity in the mix. Okay, even because I we, start off positive. Yeah, Drake is working on a new album. Yeah. Speaking of Drake, we played last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Drake. Yeah, he's working on a new project. Um, he didn't uh, on his social media. He didn't specify any details or definites, but he um you know featured some stuff and you know gives a lot of sneak peeks. And what I like about Drake is he has the he's not he's not at that Beyonce level. But he has the ability to drop at any time without promo. Right. You know? Yeah. Like he got- What do you think about that double album he put out? 25 songs in the last you one. You know what? Scorpion. It grew on me because I was not a big Drake fan as far as the singing. But they played it. He They played this whole album so much at Everywhere You Go. And, the, and he had that beef at that time. Like, it kind of just grew on me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I like the way that they did the Mariah Carey. Because, you know, to me, I think she lost her voice. But the way that they featured, um, it was like, uh, it wasn't a new song. It was just they her. sampled it. Yeah, they sampled From it. Visions of Love. Yeah. yeah. And I was mm-hmm. just like, wow. Like, they, you know, they had, they, they said her vocals were remixed. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, and um, and that Michael Jackson um, one that was that you played, I like the way they did that because it sound, cur- oh, it yeah, sounded very it sound like it sounded like, it, he like was, they just said yeah. MJ, you know, come like not right. no, no, not not my, not MJ Baker, but you know, like Michael Jackson, you know, come to the studio. Yeah. I got yeah. this track I want you to hear, and he shows up. Yeah, and then quote me if I'm wrong, anybody out there that's listening, but I think that that was one of the songs that was. Um, that was supposed to go on his last album, which was that he started working on maybe 15, 20 years ago. I thought I read that somewhere too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, I was just like, man, that was twenty. That's that's like a decade ago. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. So. Now, but I have a question though. Do you feel that because that Drake, okay, the last album, uh, Scorpio had twenty five tracks on it, and now he's working on new music. Is he giving people an opportunity to really appreciate? the last you know what I'm saying to really absorb because to me if you keep you know I mean you keep pulling stuff out you know sometimes I have to listen to an album three or four times and I find something new that I Mm 
every time I like about it or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be and so is he giving people enough time to marinate in what he's already done you know what I'm gonna solid say, I'm gonna say this lyrically I don't think he's a and I hate to say this I don't think he's like that dynamic artist I don't think he's he's trendy he's like instant he's right there so I think that he do so much of trendy music like it doesn't have a lot of substance because if you listen to a lot of lyrics it's more like I got money you know um, y'all not on my level um, I'm, I'm you know so it, it, I think that with the music that he has it's just straight trendy I think he has to and you know inject us so much of himself of you know of who he is because it's like if you was to listen to one song you would be like oh okay but I think he had to put out so much to kind of add to who he is as a person you know what I'm saying because I could listen to Lauren Hill um, any of her projects over and over again but I can't listen to Drake over and over again so I guess he gotta I guess he has to do that and we don't know when he's gonna put an album out. He we know that he's working on new music, so it could yeah. it could be. Well, a he while. Has, yeah, he's in a deal, so he has to put out projects. I think he's just trying to. Yeah, I, I, he's not dynamic enough to put out seven songs and then we just blown away. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say that? <laughs> you spoke your mind. You know. It's, I mean, that's a valid opinion. That's hilarious. We did tell our listeners that this was gonna be a pod, opinion filled podcast. I mean, they know. So. So if he did seven, Damien, be honest. I'm not a big Drake fan. I like his music. Like, I could drive to it, listen to it. I'm not buying it, but I, you know, I haven't, you know. Do you think if he did just seven songs, he would be where he's at now? Just seven songs? No. <laughs> <laughs> he said that so eloquently. It's like, <laughs> he said, <laughs> no. We should do album reviews on new artists. <laughs> I mean, that's a thought. And speak candidly. That's a thought. We'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but point point two, I, I, one other thing, too, on, the, on a positive side. Did you know that Aria, Ariana Grande is in the charts? Yeah. Top, she has the top, top, the three, top songs. three songs in the country yeah. tying the Beatles record. No. Yes. Get out yes, of here. Yes. Really? And according to the Billboard Hot 100, Ariana is tied to the Beatles from their 1964 accomplishment and there has not been another artist that's been able to do that since Ariana since Grande? 1964 yes I need to listen to her some more I, I, I. But her new mu- you know what her her new music is really speaking to women okay. it is very mm-hmm. it's like I was dumb you know I have to learn how to love my it's kind of like a it's like Usher's confession album yeah okay Okay. meaning it's it's kind of expressing her process i think she just went to writers and said this is where i'm at you know this is thank you next this is where i've been (laughs) and they just started writing and i think it's more of showing thank you the insecurity yeah right you know the insecurity of and just some of the other um singles that she's put out i can see that god is a woman right was a i I love the visuals on that yeah, I, I need to get her into vocals. It. Her vocals are yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, it's she's been me made, made to capture that like yeah. one of the, the few artists they made to capture that movement through their album, through their through song. Right, and the young ladies that she speak. I mean, she speaks to the millennial generation, mm. and you know, and they're they're thinking the same thing. Like, huh? Okay, because I even I even wanted when I heard next, I was like, well, shoot, I'm gonna share this on my page because. She's speaking some truth. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not an Ariana Grande fan, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I, I got a chance to play her on the show um, week before last when I played the song NASA. NASA. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I've seen that. It's yeah, really thought, upbeat, yeah. you know, yeah. turned some heads when I was playing and I was with a couple of friends and they were like, what was that? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Man. I mean, what else, what, what else we got going on? Uh, James Safechuck and Wade uh, Rob Robson claimed that Jackson, Michael Jackson sexually abused them as children in the upcoming documentary Leaving Netherlands. The trailer for the upcoming documentary Leaving Neverland. Hold on, let me start over again. <clears throat> James Safechuck and Wade Robson claimed that Jackson sexually abused them as children in the upcoming documentary Leaving Never uh, Neverland, uh, which is coming out to HBO in a two-part film March 3rd. Interesting. So they are two guys. <sighs> Okay. All right. Um, so what are we going to do about it now? Michael's gone. These are guys. I understand. Michael's gone. Well, you know, they were paid to... Uh, Again. To provide information to create this documentary. Okay. So Michael's gone. They got paid a lot of money. That's what it comes down to then. Huh? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, I, if if the accusations are true and if... They were molested by MJ, Michael Jackson. Oh, they have pictures of when they was young with Michael Jackson. Now, if, if it's true or not, but I'm saying like they have proof that they were in the care. And Now, here's another thing that was funny. Their parents left them at Neverland and probably left them for days. <laughs> but see, okay, so... So is that yeah. child abuse and neglect? And now that which turns into sexual abuse, they're like, "Oh, it's well, Michael Jackson! Hey, he's in, they're they're in good hands." No, what it is, I mean, okay. So, I I was watching um, uh, something yesterday, and Mike uh, Michael Eric Dyson was speaking about this, and one thing he said was, "Okay, it's just like, you know, the R. Kelly situation, where when a person of power, you you know, they're, you know, famous and all of that." I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, my mama wouldn't let me go to my best friend's house. <laughs> like, Mary was like, you're coming home Saturday, and I need you to call me. Yeah. You know, I and, and so... I mean, with my mom, you know, I was going to my friend Walter's house all the time. But guess what? My mom and his mom, they talked. Right. This is what my child needs, right? <laughs> you know, you know. Um, keep keep an eye on my child. Uh, this is what I expect, um, and there's expectations. And I knew I couldn't get away with some foolishness over at Walter's house, right? And Walter's couldn't get it foolishness at my house with my mom. Yeah, and I mean, my my whole thing is, I wonder, you know, were they going? Even if this did occur, okay. First of all, you know, that's a terrible thing. Um, but at the same time they were children mm. and whose responsibility i mean you're a father yeah yeah you know i mean would you you know no if yeah. if if you're if let's say your kid was drake's you know biggest fan and oh no drake said i want to take your son under my wing you would you would say okay i'm coming with y'all we're gonna fly <laughs> together <laughs> yeah we go yeah <laughs> what is it but at, at this point in our in our in our in our culture and in american society why is it that we're so asphyxiated on 
exposing people and reliving the traumas of the past and doing it for money and doing these exposés and these long series of like like when I was watching the whole uh, surviving R. Kelly thing that was on Lifetime I got through like three episodes and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't have to see any more of this because, you know, how how long are y'all going to beat the drum? We know that people have problems. But but when, I, I guess, how can I say this? When are we going to wise up and address the issues while they're happening? Especially those of us who know stuff's happening. Right. Well, I think that, I think, you know... And I want to do more research into this Michael Jackson documentary. But the purpose of the R. Kelly was not was overall, yes, to expose him, but also to say, I feel like the overall message was like what you're saying. This is what happens when you don't deal with it. Correct. I feel like their message was we as, you know, people of color, you know, need to stop putting people are in high positions you know above the law or even above abuse because we do kind of make them idols and but there's um, i think there's another side of the coin too and not not to interrupt you mm -hmm. but i think the other side of the coin is that you have people that are celebrities such as the michael jackson's the mm -hmm. r kelly's and whomever else has a lot of clout and a lot of money and that likes underage humans <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay why is it that we, the parents, and I'm not a parent, but I'm talking about the parents and I'm speaking on for the parents. Why is it that we feel like it's OK to allow to subject our children who need the guidance, who need the care, who need the direction? Why do we feel like, oh, well, this person's got money. They have tons of assistance. They're going to be OK. Um, let me just let them go without checking on them, without worrying, because you're getting a check or right. money. Mm. So, our, you know, I think there's a deeper, a deeper message to yeah. all of this. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and that's not the podcast. We, that's not what this podcast is Right. <laughs> so uh, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're going to talk about what? Oh, my God. Please don't tell me. Uh, now let's go to SoundCloud. I'm I'm okay. happy about SoundCloud. So let, let me tell. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on SoundCloud, and and I, I'm not a SoundCloud Pro subscriber, but I am very very happy they're doing this because yet again, this is another way for artists who don't have a medium to put their music out to the masses. As we know, the music industry is changing. SoundCloud just announced through a press release that their Pro subscribers. Um, we'll be hosting a new beta program called SoundCloud Premiere, and they're going to let their pro users distribute to other streaming platform services. And the artists can keep 100% of the rights, keep 100% of the distribution royalties from third-party services, and pay no distribution fees. That that entices me as yeah, an artist. Yeah, definitely. So you have um, to be a pro member. You have to be a SoundCloud Pro subscriber, and that's like seven bucks a month. It's oh, it's that's, a small because you keep the proceeds, right? Absolutely, yeah. So they're saying this is quote unquote keep one hundred percent of the rights, keep one hundred percent of the distribution royalties from third party services, and pay no distribution oh, they're fees. The game. They, wow. Mm -hmm. And now SoundCloud has so much content. Yeah just tons of content because grand i use soundcloud as a form of experimenting i'll upload soundcloud files and 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 create private links mm -hmm. to share music with people that i know that 
it's private. Nobody can hear it. It's not public. It hasn't. It's not going to go. It's not going to be on YouTube. It's right. not. You know, I don't have to worry about a, an MP3 file. You know, running away or right. an album leaking or anything like that. I can share that with specific target audiences, and I love that they've taken this um, this platform uh, a little bit further. So, yeah, shout out to SoundCloud. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, I know everybody's talking about this. I'm going to say one thing. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Jesse Smollett. <laughs> um, I'm going to stop. I want people, I want anybody listening to this podcast, please don't tell me anymore that I look like, that he looks like me or I oh, look like no, him. Oh, no. That's bad I now. get that a lot. It's bad okay? now. Really? And so, so what do what do we know that happened? When we we talked oh. about this a couple weeks ago that <laughs> yes. he had that there were there were reports saying that he had been assaulted in Chicago. He had gone out two o'clock at, at night and um, to grab something to eat, and he was assaulted by two guys that were wearing MAGA hats. And the story has completely changed after a full investigation. What do we find out? Well, um, the Empire, uh, Jesse Small, the Empire role has been slashed in the wake of attack, uh, in the wake of his attack of his scandal. And TMZ have um, said that it's um, alleged that um, it all could have been planned. And uh, and um, Jesse has recently denied, and he still feel like he's being victimized now um, from the slander. You know, people oh, because there are new memes every minute. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm, let me back up. Let me back up. Um, so, so people who don't know, when I first heard the story, I did kind of thought it was weird because it was too much of a, you know, like first they said that they was, you know, screaming um, racial slurs, and then they also saying, hey, this is MAGA country, mm-hmm. and then they also was, you know, making fun of him about. Um, his uh, sexual orientation, or well, what he prefer- his lifestyle, and, so, and, and, then the, and then the rope around the neck, the rope around the neck. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like racial. It was, uh, it's it, you know, homophobic. And I was like, why would someone uh, attack his like all three things, all three things about him? Like, why would they attack his his homosexuality, his race, you know, his race, and then, um, you know, and and just and, and then. It just it just was too much. So I, I couldn't really fathom like what was the point of it. You know what I'm saying? And then they, you know, and then and then couldn't find out, you know, to TMZ source, they were saying that it was possible that he was gonna be getting written out of Of Empire. Of Empire. Mm-hmm. And now he totally is out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they say that he paid two Nigerian brothers. Um, um so TMZ also had reported that um, um investigators had interviewed these brothers. And they found them. Um, they uh, they don't say how they found them, but they you know, after they found them, they interviewed them, and they told them to hold like they didn't hold back anything. They said, "Hey, we rehearsed. We was paid to do this. Um, we uh, he planned everything, and we just um, you know did it, and then we left the country." And I said, "Wow." But why did okay? Yes. Why did they come back? And so this is where I have. Okay, you you got paid. You done got your check. Right. You on you in Nigeria. Ain't nobody coming to Nigeria for you. <laughs> well, they was in questioning people, and some you know they was like questioning because they found footage of two people. Yeah, but you in Nigeria. Why you coming back? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you come back to get caught. Yeah. So to me, I feel like someone is setting Jesse up. I feel like he's being set up 
to look crazy and because why why would they come back yeah why it's, would this, they this come story back? is ridiculous this because is, somebody commented and said anybody anytime somebody does a two o'clock run in chicago they're not going to get some food <laughs> <laughs> so so uh what, have you seen what was of- what was found in his in that in the boy's apartment though the, uh, the, the two that were arrested wasn't there stuff found yeah uh hold on. did they find the rope or receipts yeah, the, to, that they, they, bought? they found, they found some, the in, in, there's some empire scripts and yeah, they found, uh, okay i'm sorry that is hilarious okay yeah. so so I'm, now you know what now that i think about it i'm sorry i'm sorry mm-hmm. everybody who's listening mj had just said she just said that she just think that someone's he's being set up and now that i'm having an epiphany if they found all that stuff in these people, in these uh, young boy, these uh, men house, I'm just thinking now, like, yeah, he can be. He's probably being set up. This is a SUV. Uh, you, uh, what is it? Yeah. SVU. SVU. Law, law, law and order. Law, this is a law and order episode. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> been watching too much damn TV. Excuse me, darn TV. Yeah. Somebody's been watching too much SV, um, law and order. This is a Law and Order episode. I'm telling you. And then next year, you know, you're going to hear that dun-dun-dun, whatever that Law and Order (laughs) intro. (laughs) It's going to be on But you know what's so sad, though? He did a show right after the attack, and I was kind of wondering how he was able to do the show. And then, you know, he was kind of crying with his fans. He did a show in L.A., and this is like maybe a week after we talked about it. This is when he called himself the gay Tupac? Yeah. When he said that, when he... I said, you know what? It's over for him. I said, why is he the gay Tupac? What? Tupac dead. Like, he doesn't remind me nothing. I, I didn't even know he had... he had. <laughs> I didn't know that he had a music career. Like, I knew he sing and, and made appearances, but I didn't know that he... For you to be the gay Tupac, you got to have albums. <laughs> can, can you guys describe to, to people listening what, what's going on with my face right now? Uh... Uh, facial sarcasm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to the second power, like right. <laughs> Gay Tupac. Jesus. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't know that he had music like that. So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what is he performing. Like, I don't, I don't even like. Does he have a single out? I mean, does he have albums or? Is he like an independent artist. He's something? an independent artist that had the success of a lot of. Uh, the music that was created during the empire right and right. I knew that yeah. but I didn't I knew that he was doing shows off just that but to be called gay Tupac you gotta have like an album that gay people are singing and dancing to and like reliving moments of your songs you know what I'm saying like like I don't even know I don't see the comparisons I just, I just you know Jesse I'm gonna say this my friend um, I like you man I think you I think you're a pretty cool cat I think you represented the gay the LGBT QIA yeah community and um, and you, you you've empowered a lot of us yes however if all these reports are true and you really did set yourself up why? I just want to know why. Why? Jesse, I think you're being set up. Why? Okay. I think you're being set up. And if, he, and if he is, I, I hope that's the case, but it's unfortunate that he is, right? If he's if he's being set up, I hope that he is being set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's unfortunate that he's going through this. Yeah. Well, Because if he's not, this is some tomfoolery. 
But and so so to me, okay, let's let's do the flip of what you're saying. Like okay. if if it is let's say if somebody were to do this, somebody of his status, let's not say Jesse, but somebody of his stature were to do something like this to was to plan and plot something so so dramatic. That's to me mental illness. Absolutely. Because if you don't have any reason to do so, you're popular, you're you're touring, you're traveling, you're on a really great show. And then for you to say, I ain't getting enough attention, so I'm going to do this. Well, he's about to lose his job. Well, he de- well he lost it now, but they was they said that he was about to get written out, so he wanted some attention. He, he got a lot of attention, all right. He got that attention. He got it. He's still getting it. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and just take a deep breath for Jesse. All right. That's our show this week. Mm-hmm. Blue, can you take us out? Yes. Oh, yes. If you like what you heard today, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Taste Test Radio. We also have a website, www.tastetest.live, where you can find all of our old episodes and hear past guest interviews. Taste Test Live is a fully syndicated podcast and is on all podcast services such as Apple, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We're out there. We're out there and we're actively, because of popular demand, people have asked us to put our podcast episodes on SoundCloud. So that's coming soon. Um, That's our show. I'm so glad MJ's here. Yeah. Thank you guys me too. for having me. So, I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> yes. MJ Baker. Yay. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. So until next week, guys. Yes, next week. Keep it tasty. Taste Test Live is supported by listeners like you. If you enjoy the show and want to make sure I can keep making it at this rate, then head over to tastetest.live and click the button that says Patreon. There you can learn how you can help and get some perks for your support. If you're unable to support Taste Test Live financially, then share the show. Tell your friends about it and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast service. I really enjoy sharing this podcast with you and producing it every week. Thank you so much for listening.